0: Welcome to this latest episode of the Talking Heads podcast with me, Lucy Chamberlain. And me,
1: Saul Walker.
0: Now that autumn is making itself known to us, it seems a natural time to reflect on times past and look forward to new ventures ahead. So,
1: with that in mind, we'd like to give a nod to these recent few months by simultaneously embracing what lies in front of us, both practically and at our respective gardens, and by assessing how this exciting industry that we've decided to devote our professional lives to is evolving and thriving.
0: So many of us are showing this sector's true grit by quietly propagating new stock, dreaming up fresh initiatives, looking to new ways of working and generally supporting the trade. And our aim via this podcast is to muse on developments and showcase these horticultural heroes. We'll bring you two short 20-minute episodes each week, plus a longer bonus monthly interview. What
1: more of a reason do you need to join us on this journey? Let's once again step into the busy and exciting world of the modern head gardener.
0: So I brought us all, knowing the man that he is, to the Robertson garden, but specifically because when I see this part of the garden, it's normally in the spring when I visit in March, and there's loads of helibores. And and yet, alongside the helibores, there's these um, very wrapped up and mollycoddled tree ferns. So we can now see them completely uncovered. They're, they're sitting in kind of like a. Would you say it's like, sort of like a dingley dale, isn't it? This
1: it's, a, it's an interesting bit of height. From what I've seen so far, walking through a lot of it's a lot because it's a drier garden. They've obviously mm. got a lot of the new perennial style prairie plantings, a lot of Mediterranean. But this is all well. I would describe this as a quite a traditional woodland garden with, with what must be a, a, a bit of a wet going through because yep. you've got the ferns we've got hostas, I've seen some begonia. you've got the ligularia over there just flowering so actually this reminds me a little bit of Devon, there's a little bit of a Devon see, in an Essex this garden. This is why
0: I thought you'd like it mm. I thought you might like to, to tap into this because also there's there's vertical surfaces, it's not flat, you can't see this all in one go which is obviously as I say, um, a constraint sometimes of the Essex landscape so we've got some, some massive big gabions filled with uh, it's it's not quite sl- some kind of stone that i'm not quite sure what it is. it's sort of lots of um it's very
1: it's very uh it's nice on the eye isn't it because gabions yeah. can sometimes look a bit rough and ready but these actually are, they've obviously been designed to have that sort of linear aspect to actually offer a bit to the... It's, it's almost like a quarry, like a, it's yes. meant to be the, the size of a quarry.
0: Yeah, yeah, and now we've, we've just walked a little bit further on to see the tree ferns and there's all they're underplanted with Ligularia and the Ligularia have, have flowered and then we've got the vertical spikes of the, the seed heads that are being backlit by the sun because this is all sunken. It's rather beautiful, isn't it?
1: it it's, uh, like I say, it reminds me of a lot of parts of Rosemore look very similar to this. Yeah. You've got, you've got the Actaeas just starting to flower as well. Which is really nice. First, it, it, it makes me pine for
0: home. I've bedded you in. <laughs> so so this is the advantage of coming to Hyde Hall with someone who's been here many times before, as I know, all the sneaky little secret bits to go to that aren't necessarily flagged up. We're standing at the back of the Learning Garden, which is where I do my talks. And, again, there's lush, tropical gorgeousness here which i just thought you might like to see
1: i think you're trying to butter me up for something here <laughs> i have a feeling that you're taking me to all the bits that will remind me of my gardens at home
0: i might like a piece of cake later <laughs> <laughs> i'm nice hoping you'll bit, get the round in
1: nice <laughs> bit of victoria sponge yeah we've got some lovely big leaves well we've got nice tetrapanics, and, mm. and lucy was just commenting on all the the smaller tetrapanics around it and actually what people might not know about this quite pop plant that's getting quite popular, it was on Gardener's World last night, mm-hmm. is that it actually when it gets to a size will sucker quite vigorously. Yeah. And if you leave it to grow, it will become a grove. And it can actually get a little bit out of hand. So it's worth digging up these suckers. And if you can get a bit of root up with them, they'll pot up nicely and give them to your friends.
0: Exactly. I've, I've never seen the tetrapanix Sucker. I've not right. seen because I've seen them growing as specimens in gardens, but I've obviously not seen them to the point where they've really got them their feet under the yeah. carpet and they're they're really enjoying the the location. So to see it suckering, I say oh, I struggle to grow the blooming things. So I'm quite envious. <laughs> and I'm also going to just take you round the corner here. Well, I can spot
1: us, some bananas already
0: on the way towards the Australian and New Zealand gardens, but we're not going to look specifically ah. at those. I want to show you this little. God, oh, lovely, this it? little jungly area.
1: Colocasia esculenta, yeah. we've got the ansitties, some, some bazdews.
0: We've got some impatiens there with the um the more unusual ones.
1: Oh, that's the uh, what do they call um cockatoo no cuckoo.
0: Something like that, isn't it? Flower
1: or something. The the one point actually I wanted to point yeah, out comus? was this guy. This is impatiens tinctoria, which is one yeah, of the uh, like the balsams. Yes. But what's great about tinctoria is its complete the seeds are completely sterile. Yeah. So, unlike the Himalayan the, the balsam and some other impatiens which really spread, this won't. And it makes such, you know, you can know. get about six foot out of it, absolutely bright white flowers with the red throat. A, a really classic impatiens for a tropical bed.
0: I don't understand why it's not more popular. I've yeah. seen that growing in a couple of gardens, and I've been really taken by it. It's massive. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I just got dive from by a wood pigeon. And I think the the pigeons
1: <laughs> agree with us about the impatiens.
0: Oh. Ah, and um, it's like I say, it's a lovely plant. Oh, we've got some of um, the oh, red, dra- the red is that red dragon, the persicaria.
1: Oh yes, just there. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, yeah. I,
0: I've grown in gardens in the past, and that's rather gorgeous. More, more Hadithia. Now I have propagated. And I've forgotten the Latin name, so you ex- exotic expert would need to remind me.
1: Oh, what is that? Amy,
0: Amicia zygomeris.
1: There you go, and it's the one with the really unusual leaf shape. And what's really good about it is the bracts, these little sort of purpley. Sort of greeny, black. It almost looks like a kidney with uh, gangrene.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <how> <laughs> you painted it? that, that but such a beautiful picture for our listeners. There, I think they're going to rush out and buy this thing. And also, this is plant that we're standing in front of here. It's something that we get asked about a lot at BBC Gardeners World yeah. Live as an ident It's Nicandra or the shoe plant. It's actually it self-seeds very freely. So once you have it in the garden, it often pops up hither it, and thither, and you can weed it out it's, it's under
1: bird tables it's yes. a common ingredient in bird seed feed but obviously you don't see it in the garden centres as a plant so people just think it's come, it, come out of nowhere and it's, it is quite cute isn't it as a flower it's, it's almost like um, a morning glory but a bit more subtle yeah.
0: morning glory flower like yeah. a tomatillo sort of side, side seed capsule and, and that kind of nightshade star growth as well because it's obviously that, of that, of that uh, um and does look good origin. in a tropical yeah border so there you go i just thought i'd show you this little little bit before we go into some of the more mainstream areas of Hyde hall
1: lovely so we've just come into a a very barrenish landscape and i've got to say the last time i saw something like this was when i was up mount tidy in tenerife looking for some of the plants that are actually surrounding us so at the moment we're absolutely surrounded by echiums Yes, Penanum.
0: And again, I thought you might like those.
1: Yeah, and I, I grow a lot of them down my way. They do very well in the West Country. I've got to say, you don't generally see them so commonly elsewhere uh, because of the overwintering temperatures they need. But these look like last winter was very mild, so these look like they flared brilliantly. And uh, they do. I think they make quite nice architectural shapes when they're dead oh, as well. Oh yeah
0: they do they do, they're definitely a very strong vertical element going on here and um, even though the flowers have long gone as you say the the, the, the flowering spikes they're definitely architectural aren't they and they're also, close. if you look on the, along the floor we've got lots of massive big verbascum seedlings that are still in their first year um, so they're whacking great big silver rosettes and then we've got some some flomis, we've got things like erin, um, eryngium We've got, oh, we've got a, um, is that a carpus or is that something else?
1: Oh, that might be chamarops, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah that one. Uh, one of the rock palms. Yeah. It's 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 um, it's an interesting, I must say, because uh, obviously Essex is known for a few dry gardens, Beth Chateau being the other one. But this is very much a naturalistic looking uh, dry gravel garden. There's a lot of large stones, uh, a lot of a bare space, which actually mimics what it would look in the wild, I, I quite like it as a space standing in. it.
0: I always come if I ever come to High I always make sure I, I, I have time here because I think it's just so different.
1: It, it so, takes you out yeah. of a, a, the the green the green grass exactly. and the oak trees, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: and it's exciting. I think it's very a very dynamic and exciting space because you've got there's a lot of self seeders in here, and I think that's part of the management of this of this dry garden that you've got. Um, um, Verbena the, the benariensis, you've got Stipa tenuissima, you've got uh, things like fennel, um, there's nigella all over the, sh- the place as well, and I mentioned the verbascums. so I, I think it is in that sense, it looks very natural because it's been allowed to self-seed, and then I guess in the, the gardens are thinning out things and repositioning them um, and I like that, it's not too manicured a space it does feel very, very natural.
1: Well, you're looking at the landscapes of the Mediterranean here uh, California, South Africa, the the Canary Islands, the Azores, and places like that to actually feed into your plant palette. A lot of silvers are grey, so the, the green here is not as intense as the wider landscape because obviously it's trying to reflect as much sun back because of the intensity. It's I, I'm just going back to that feel again. It it feels because it has a naturalistic feel. It almost feels right. Is that the word? It feels right as a planting scheme.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I've just spied something whilst you were talking that a couple have been looking at. Now, is that some kind of...
1: Das... Das... Oh... Is can... dasilyrian. Dasilyrian?
0: Da- I'm guessing that's a, 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 some kind of flower spike. It is a flower spike. An inflorescence spike at... of some description, but it it's the it most really ridiculous-looking fl- thing <laughs> It ever. doesn't flower
1: in the UK, usually, and this is because of this mild winter we've had, dasilyrian. Well, <laughs> doesn't it
0: look so out of proportion and defying gravity and physics and everything we know about plants? Because it's massively top-heavy. Um, it's the, the rosette we're looking at is maybe... 80 centimetres tall, very spiky, almost like, a, like an agave. Yeah, but b- b- so, what's the Latin name of it all again? I'm just gonna, I'm sure. Sorry, I've asked you because it's it, we've got a tongue twister of a plant here. We do get them now and then.
1: I'm, I'm almost spot on. It's Dazzlerian w- wheelery
0: Right. Ah, called the so the common name spoon flower, and the the flowering spike is um, it's bolt upright. It's about 10, 12 foot tall, and it starts off quite narrow, and then the top of it just looks like a massive big oversized bulrush on steroids and that's a good description <laughs> <actually>. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just why does it not topple over you know but it obviously doesn't it's obviously made of sturdy stuff um so that i love it when things do that they just make you smile and you just think well, nature's nature's just a, a very special thing isn't it sometimes
1: and this garden is definitely you know a a garden in the right place because it really withstands that wind that comes across it's it's is a, a very good looking garden.
0: Yeah, you like it? Yeah, yeah. You approve? I do. Because I, I I always do like to come here. Um as, as, if I didn't come to Hyde Hall and come to the dry garden I felt like I've missed out a, a massive a massive part of me that just feels yeah, like you say, it's natural, it's right, it's does a, they've done a very good job here. So just come from the gravel garden and funnily enough, we were just talking off, off Mike, about the Ceratostigma plumbaginoides, that one we were looking at, wasn't it?
1: Well, you've either got Wilmotiana or, yeah, or the one, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that was the plumbaginoides and they we're now looking at Wilmotiana. And now the, the plants, although in essence they are meant to be growing the same, because this... One is, is the, at the top of the herbaceous borders, it's been allowed to grow to maybe two, three foot tall because it's not being battered by the wind. But the one right at the bottom of the gravel garden, which is fully exposed to the, the slope of the lawn and, and all the that the elements can throw at it, it's it's almost about six inches high and like a thicket.
1: That's how you'll see it growing in nature, and it yeah. sort of it almost suckers itself along the ground. That's what it's spreads done, like it spreads like stolons, and I think yeah. it's really nice because sometimes this plant can get very top heavy. And especially when it rains, it just flops over, and it doesn't quite mm. do itself proud because it is a beautiful plant. But growing it like that is uh, is pretty good.
0: That's not going to flop, is it? No. And then we've got um, so these are the the, the herbaceous borders that we so we're walking down this massive, big, open, sweeping lawn and landscape. There's couples who are having picnics and sitting down and it's just enjoying the view. It's a bit.
1: This, is a bit, more, a bit, this is a bit more Essex landscape, yeah. isn't it?
0: Open. You can see. It's a not. There's not much haze today. You can see for miles. And uh, oh there's a little boy rolling down the grass. I used to do that when I was little. Don't make yourself sick because that's a little what will boy happen. when you. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> ah, so I'm going to turn around and try and pull it back in my professional capacity and look at the the sedum. Now I know that these sedums have been here that this has been a regular theme with these herbaceous borders. Now this is seedum uh Herbstroid. It is a mass of bees. Absolutely mm. a-, a wash with them. The flowers are fully open. So we're now Mid-September. mid-September, the flowers have got a lovely dusky pink, um, it's interplanted with some Miscanthus, I can't see this, the, oh hang on a second, let me just move in my best, um, this is uh, Adagio, M- Miscanthus Sinensis Adagio, I feel a bit like Annika Rice when I'm running around with my recording pack.
1: The, the key with the sedums, I find, especially at Stonelands, is you've got to Chelsea chop them or they just get too top heavy, because the these uh, flower heads are absolutely massive, they're, stonkers, they're, aren't they? they're covered in so unless you grow a variety or you have this Essex wind that keeps them lower the key is to to get a Chelsea chop in and I find that then you get this real mass of flowers and the bees love you for it
0: so if you are having a an exposed windy part of your garden that you wanted to plant up with late summer flowering perennials we could thoroughly recommend the the sedum we mm. also had some acustache that we just walked past we've got some salvia in front of us some niphofia. i think um, this is salvia
1: caradona it looks like
0: it was well, i'm not going to correct you but the label says something different so i'm not going to say
1: we'll edit that bit out
0: <laughs> right. um and then also planted up to give a little bit of height in these borders they've got the, the which i know that hydel is quite famous for is the crab apples. so they i think they used to have a national collection whether they still do now or not i'm not sure but when i came first came here 20 odd years ago that was quite a major component of Hyde hall they used to flag that up a lot and uh, there's still some trees in existence here that are lovely and mature they're draped in fruits um, behind them we've got some is that some kind of penicetum?
1: It's a penicetum, yeah. and there's another miscanthus back there miscanthus as well. So and they've got these nephofias dotted through as well, which yeah. is really uh, interesting bit of zinger colour. I must say, we our um, crab apples at Stoneland's, Malus huperhensis, are having the year of their lives. The fruit is absolutely... The, 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 the branches... I've actually had to cut some branches, lower branches, because they're starting to droop onto the floor. So um, if you've got a crab apple at home, you're probably having a really... Good year, and lots of people ask me about what you can use the fruits for. Yeah, they're not edible, but huge pectin content, great for jam. They're good for
0: setting your strawberry jam, uh, or if you've got overripe strawberries that you've got, and uh, the pectin helps there. Um, just under planted with the the crab apple is some gora. So again, we've just, as I say, just to give you an idea of some plants that really don't mind being exposed. Bashed about a little bit. Also, uh, oh, Verbena bonarians is steeper tenuous, somewhere I can see as well. Then uh, steeper gigantia. Jo- um...
1: jo- I was going to say, actually, if you do have an exposed garden and also if you're a bit worried about plants uh, you want bomb proof yes. plants, it's worth coming. I- I'm going to say, because uh, this is my first time to Hyde Hall, this is a great example of the kind of garden that someone who is a bit nervous about gardening could maybe get away with because some of these plants here are literally you know atom bomb proof
0: they are and they're planted on mass so you don't need a a, a lot of variation you need maybe numbers of plants but actually when it comes to the different types here if you've probably got a backbone of about maybe 10 um, and this is a big space so you could maybe go with your favorite five and leave it at that So we've just been talking about how your garden could look spectacular in the autumn and leading into the winter with all that seed head and structure. Uh, what I wanted to do is take us all to the, the winter garden, which is where we're standing at now because I know this is a relatively new development for Hyde Hall. It hasn't been planted up for very long. I would say a bulk of the planting has only been done in the last couple of years and we just want to see what it looks like now we know it's been planted up with winter interest in mind and i can see some dogwoods in front of me as i just enter the start of the garden there's
1: the liriope classic
0: yeah, uh, yeah.
1: winter understory yes. plant
0: autumn cyclamen coming up and there's hydrangea paniculata which is at this time of year looking just splendid you know how they start white and then they get that dusky pink as is they this, go on is
1: this strawberry Sunday, which is a classic one oh no it's not I, do you know, i'm not doing very well on plant names so this is called phantom not one i've heard that's a, that's quite a short paniculata as well the um stems haven't got that at all yeah, yeah but look at the
0: size of the uh, not the plant but actually the flower heads are They're ridiculously huge, big, big. Mops. yeah that's that is um whoever bred that well done that's rather lovely
1: so you haven't seen this garden before have you lucy
0: not completely finished no no i've been here when they've been planting it up but this is a nice treat for me so yeah a new experience for me as well
1: yeah and it looks like it, there's a lot of interpretation. It looks like they're taking themes to do with nature. There's one that's talking about the cycle of nature here. So I think there's a there's a design element. There's a design theme through uh, through the whole of the planting.
0: Well, there's also lots of lots of sculptures. I can see some massive big metal sculptures that have obviously been placed here to add some structure in the winter. So they've relied on that a little bit to 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 support the plants. But looking, I say there's, there's a massive amount of dogwoods. Ah. Oh, We've got oh some more some more oh, some more garrow at the moment, and then also the um, we've got the
1: eonymous, um the spindle, the yes. spindle bushes, which yeah. will have that absolutely gorgeous colour, and then you'll get the berries that are yeah. bright orange, yeah. and then a real classic of the winter garden, the calicarpa, which is uh, looks like it's having an absolutely amazing fruit that. year. Look at that! It's,
0: wow, it's, I it's, think there's more is,
1: fruits than there is stem.
0: <laughs> it is the variety profusion, and honestly, it's living up to its name. because at the moment, there's there's still quite a, a lot of green in the colour of the fruits, but we know these go these the most unusual for, for bearing it's like a milky mauve and that will in a case say in a month or two's time that is going to look absolutely metallic stunning and, yeah absolutely, absolutely stunning. gorgeous
1: so we've just popped down the path a little bit more past some sedges and something has just taken my we've got this big bank of Edgeworthia. now anyone who knows Edgeworthia is this real classic staple of the winter garden, lovely profusion of flower heads Mm. uh, that come before the foliage. So quite an unusual-looking shrub, and obviously used to make uh, rice paper, Japanese rice paper. I think they uncurl the the, the bark to make the rice paper. But this variety, um, when I first saw it, I thought, that's not an Edgeworthia. And it's Edgeworthia chrysantha grandiflora, the leaves are huge and they're and they're really glaucous, and it's a very big. Because generally, edge can be quite hard to establish. Sometimes they can look quite sparse. They can look a bit
0: sickly, can't they? Mm. But this is anything but. This is lush, um, like say verdant. And I'd love to. I'd love to come back and see this. I think when this it's is a flower. definite
1: one. We'll need to see in winter because if it flowers as well as it puts on leaves, that's going to be a cracking plant and one I might have to. Uh, Nick for Stonelands.
0: Saul, I can see something over this hill. Look, come on, we've got to go this way. That's a rather idyllic sound to start this little seated section. We we thought we'd take the weight off our feet.
1: It's not. Yeah, it's nice to find. There weren't many seats up at the top. Actually, this part of the garden, the winter garden, feels very different. Again, a bit like that rock garden. It just feels... It doesn't feel like your traditional hide hall sort of exposed the wind the wind completely died
0: yeah it's nice down isn't here. It? it's nice they, they've actually used an awful lot of, of soil they've banked it up to create um the pathways are quite low down and then as you look up uh, left and right the earth is banked up a good eight ten feet high which actually adds to the secluded nature i think of this as you say we're the herbaceous borders were very open yeah very sort of sweeping lawns you could see a lot in front of you which in itself was very special here it's a completely different feel it's very intimate it's very sheltered as you say you're not being battered by the the hidehall winds that Mm. are notorious
1: and they've taken the long well there's no grass in here at all so it's very intimate the 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 borders are a lot closer you're a lot closer to the plants it's 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 got a woodland as most yeah. winter gardens do it has a woodland garden feel to it um it'd be interesting like you say to come back in winter and see how exposed it is then and see how it how it bears up to those winds but it's quite nice to have a sit down isn't
0: it yeah should we get a glass go have a cup of tea
1: i think so so we're just winding our way out of the winter garden and we've just gone past one of the classics ...of any winter garden, which is the prunus cerula.
0: Do you want to stroke it?
1: It's a gorgeous thing. Look at the coppery bark on it. Yeah. And the great thing about it is it, it, it develops it quite young into the plant. Some barks on some trees. You have to wait for a good ten years before it develops characters. about something like Acer griseum, the paper bark maple, does this. Yeah. But this one, oh, and it's just beautiful. It is really smooth. There is, actually
0: just to, there is some stroking going on now. Saul is caressing the tree... I'm actually quite interested by what's planted underneath it. We've got some carex, but there's also a lovely ground cover, and I was just trying to find what the label was of this, and it's Rubus Betty Ashburner. So which, it's it's bramble. Um, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, there's there's quite a lot of of ground cover brambles. You've got you. Um, this is a. Almost looks like a, the leaf is a little bit like a pelargonium. Do you know? I was
1: going to say if you if you'd asked me what that was, I would say it's either a, a pelargonium or um, yeah. a saxifraga. Yeah, you're know, one uh, of the one of the spreading saxifragas. But
0: it's rather lovely. It only grows about two or three inches high at that the most, and um, it, it's it's fa- looks like a fantastic weed present because not much is going to get through that thicket. But it's it's very polite and it's just forming a lovely, lovely green carpet. And then behind there, you've got again another earth mound with some fantastic myths, uh, oh, there's another prune of over there. Sorry. And uh, we've got dogwoods behind us. So you can really see the plantings here are, are as I say, they are for winter, but we are here in September and it's still looking absolutely superb at this time of year. So I hate to say it, but I think we're coming to the end of our visit. I can see over that hedge there, the oh, familiar the, sight oh. of the shop that I have I have frequented a few times since I've been here. Um, so this, I would say, is probably the end at the moment of the Talking Heads High Hall garden tour so thank you very much for listening to us today, we hope you've inspired you to A, visit this most sp- wonderful garden which has got I so said there's always something happening here there's always developments, there's always plantings going on uh, I say autumn into winter um, it's looking spectacular please do come and visit if you can you have to book a slot online at the moment and um, it's very easy to do it's a uh, a lovely location and um a very special place for me because i've known it for so long so so what's your overall uh vibe of this place or being the first time you've been here
1: well it definitely reflects the place it is it you know it feels like a an essex garden which is which is great and i think there's some really nice ideas here for people who have that more windswept exposed garden because lots of people want to grow those lush borders and struggle because of of wind and because of poor soil as well. So this is a really nice place to come and see what you can get away with. And you can get away with texture, colour. just got to choose the right plants. I'm going to pinch a Beth Chateau expression and just say it's the right plants for the right place. So it's the right garden for the right place. We've reached the end of today's episode and we sincerely hope that you found it informative and entertaining. If you'd like to leave us a review via your podcast provider we'd be delighted to know your thoughts.
0: While many aspects of the garden year are behind us there are still plenty of horticultural milestones to mark so Saul and myself are eager to bring you yet more valuable episodes of the Talking Heads podcast. We're also keen to visit those iconic gardens, large and small, of our peers and friends.
1: With this in mind, you can look forward to an autumn packed full of interviews, road trips, practical advice, and of course, mine and Lucy's opinions on all manner of wide-ranging horticultural topics. We want to ensure that our listeners are kept up to date with what any self-respecting head gardener needs to know.
0: So, until the next episode of Talking Heads, Goodbye! goodbye!